Welcome to Summer Bays, the unofficial home and away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavanagh, where I take a weekly look at the trials and those tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer town, Summer Bay. Each week, I'm going to do a deep dive into the week's events and discuss dilemmas our characters find themselves in, like, is minding your friend's baby without their permission really a kidnapping? Or is murdering a murderer really a crime? Get ready to feel closer each day to home and away. Before I dig in, just want to share a top tip to really enhance your home and away viewing, and that is no spoilers. It's a total game changer. Just don't look at what's coming up next on Home and Away. Try to avoid reading the descriptions. Try it for just one week and see how you get on. Honestly, it will totally transform how you view the show. You will not see the twists or turns coming. And as listener Jen last week said, with a show that's pretty predictable, why ruin any of the surprises? And I could not agree more. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can email summerbasepodcast at gmail.com. Okay, so getting into it now. Thought we were having on to a great start with the Pradas having their hangy, I believe it's called, to welcome themselves and did a nice neighbourhood gesture of love. We had a beautiful song from Gemma, a lovely welcome speech with Ari. It was filled with emotion. I loved it. I did have a fear that nobody would show just because loads of people said that they couldn't go. Any of the anchor people couldn't go so I was like oh my god I hope it's like I saw it going down the direction of Gemma being like oh nobody likes us and so I'm delighted it was a full house so it really kicks off it goes on great but underpinning it all is Tani making his best efforts of flirting with Mac and here we are into another bloody love triangle with Mac and Ari and now Tani instead of Colby so Max doing a very kind of like, ooh, doors closed, but it's like might be a jar being like, keep dreaming, mate, and all this kind of saucy kind of staring. So, and then like him getting her all the drinks and stuff. I just kind of feel like it's nice the way Mac is trying to bridge the gap between Ari and Tane, but it's kind of looked like she is becoming in the middle and a pawn in their brotherly hatred game. So during this, then we have Ben in the background in the diner, like contemplating whether to go or not. And Justin's like, just go. This is just a thing to note. Ben's hair. So we've got a, a like a side parting with a comb over. And then long at the neck, it's entering into kind of like short mullet. Very strange. Um, Singledom is, uh, maybe it's hotel living, not suiting him too great. Just find that hilarious. Anyway, he decides to go. Then Gem and him enter into this kind of overly friendly dynamic. I really don't know where that's going because she is very much grieving and he is so newly single. I wouldn't even call it single. Are you single when you're separated? Justin seems to think that they are, but like very, very new. So I'm definitely on the Nick side of this. Um, Him definitely getting upset by the closeness that he can see is and him thinking that they're just forgetting about dad and I'm I'm totally on board I just it it is very friendly but there's definitely a connection there and uh, I don't know if I want to know where it's going because they both have a lot to lose they both have exes Gemma lives with her in-laws lives with them and then you have Maggie who's still heartbroken and Ziggy would you really want to annoy Ziggy? I don't think so. But I was absolutely living for their Beyonce crazy in love moment. I am an enormous Beyonce fan. So just having her incorporated in the show in any shape or form is just beyond 
and their cheesy dancing was amazing. Of course, gets interrupted by Tani and Ari getting mad again. Having to turn off Beyonce is just sacrilegious. And then this love game is just intensified. So I just... At what cost? If it's to turn off Beyonce or to use Mac as a pawn in your lo- in your brother game, I don't know. I'm just not into it. And even though we are seeing this like softness in Tane and he's opening up being like, my brother's left New Zealand and then I moved later and I kind of feel like I was left behind. But then I had this, like in school, they protected me out of the street cred. So like you can kind of see like the little brother wanting to kind of rise his older brother. But like, oh, it's been like three weeks and we're still doing this. And now there's another layer. I'm just sick of it. But anyway, back to the party and we have John outside. He was invited, then he said he wasn't going to come because obviously he said that because the invite came from Ari. And I love how he's like hanging about outside waiting for someone to bring him in and he's with his cheese board and he's like, I love the comment, it's so John. Oh, he was reduced. So quintessentially John. But then when he starts to take a turn, I did not expect the stroke. Like he had a heart attack about five or ten years ago. So he's kind of, when he's acting all delirious at the party, I didn't know what was going on and people thought he was drunk. It definitely does seem like Home Away does insert these like health issues to kind of educate the population for people to know the different types of strokes or the signs to look out for or how to react quickly. And there was definitely a lot of those put in, which I think is great because everybody needs that education. But of course, his stroke had to interrupt another fight from Ari and Tane. And I'm just, ugh. So anyway, the party sadly ends badly, but at least they acted fast. They got John to hospital, uh, but it's not the turn I thought it would take. So anyway, the love triangle 2.0 that has been created. So um, after all of Tane's kind of confiding in Mac, she goes to Ari, confronts him, and then how harsh was he? Oh, Tani's just using you to get back at me. And she's like, I'm not a pawn. And he was like, keep telling yourself that. Now that is strike two for Tani. He seems to really like you, but he also really is very harsh. Remember that when that time when they were sitting on the bench, she kind of thought things were getting back on track. And then he was like, oh yeah, no, let's just leave with things where the way they were. Oh, he, I would, I'd be at the end of my tether. Like, it seems like she really wanted a boyfriend going into this and now she's, doesn't seem like she wants one. Then anyway, Matt goes to confront Tane and he's doing this big long dance of like, let's go out to eat. And I cannot tell his intentions. It seems like he does actually genuinely really like her, but he has to now sacrifice his relationship with his brother for accidentally fancying his brother's girlfriend or lady friend and as much as Max says she doesn't want to be a pawn she still continues to do it trying to get them to bridge the gap and she's encouraging them they go out they have a chat they take one step forward and then Tani makes a stupid comment about oh it's not all about you this thing with with Mac and then it's two steps back probably even ten steps back and I just want to question Tane's genuosity Ge- how genuine Tane is because, okay, he's come under this cloud of where you're getting this money, a bit of a Brax drug money, criminally past vibe. Then it's like, oh, I'm kind of trying to rile my brother up by chasing his girl. But then now he kind of fancies her. So I, I find Tane really hard to read. His actions improved otherwise by getting them the house and looking after Gemma. But, but his words aren't really matching up. So 
I just feel like he's sitting on a egg of drama or something. I just don't know where this is going. But I think Mac gives some great advice being saying like trust needs to be earned. But then they have the kiss moment. So after this moment, Tanny comes into Salt and then he said, don't worry, I'll back off. No more games. Did Mac seem kind of disappointed? I think she did. That was very much like, I don't think you invest all that much time getting to know your boyfriend's brother if there wasn't like an air of, I just think that there's like a lust with Tani and maybe a love with Ari. But like, which one does Mac want? And I think she might want the lust. Okay, well now on to John. So he's kind of touch and go in hospital and I feel so sorry for Maz. She feels so responsible. She's full of regret and she's like, oh, it's all because he was in the in the caravan and I was creating all this stress and it's all because of me. That could be partly true, but it's also not really fair and you can't blame yourself. But he did, you do know he's had a heart attack and at least Maggie had the decency to put her ex in a hotel. <laughs> Anyway, he could have lived with the stewards. I don't understand. And um, so then him saying, oh, Maz, I don't want Maz to see me like this. I found that really hard. And then I also really appreciated uh, Alf's comment, wild horses couldn't drag her away. I'm like, yes, I love the Rolling Stones and I love Beyonce. And there's been two references to them this week. So thank you, Alf Stewart. Never disappoint me. Uh, but that comment from John does put Alf in an awkward position because he now has to tell Marilyn that Palma doesn't want you to go there and John doesn't want to be a burden. So what that's kind of done, any of the trouble that Marilyn had gone through with John last week about, oh, I don't know if John is the one, has now been completely 180 and she's like launched her out of the bad place and now she's like, I just need to be there for John. So fingers crossed, this could see them sew their relationship back together and for them to understand what's really important because John and Marilyn are just, they've been going strong for so many years now and with all the other breakups going on, I really don't want another one. So uh, hopefully this time of change has been a catalyst for them both to change for the better and stay together rather than change and move away because that's what seems to be happening with Maggie and Ben. So yes, Maggie comes back from visiting Coco and she gets great support from Leah but being like, Ben is doing so well he really is just enjoying his freedom which is kind of, sorry, I don't mean to laugh which is kind of true. Maggie's just been really like moping about the place and sorry, you've lost your husband of 20 years she should be moping about the place but it makes you look super mopey against someone who has literally been like riding on a summer breeze while you've been very much down in the dumps and like her clothing has changed and she's gone very sportswear and just black colours she used to wear loads of florals and she's obviously not in a good headspace but I do think the chat with Leah hello queen of the ex-boyfriends and ex-husbands and plenty of exes to go around and I think she does a good motivation like you kicked cancer when one door closes, a window opens kind of vibe, which I think is what Maggie needs because she's now venting to somebody who isn't her daughter and doesn't realise that that's not a good person to be fully venting about how sad you are because they're completely caught in the middle. Hello, Ziggy. But anyway, 
And speaking of Ziggy, we had a little blip, shall we say, between Dean and Ziggy. So the intense love that Dean is showing Ziggy came to a head this week. Surprise, surprise. I talked about it last week. Okay. So we have Dean booking the surf trip kind of forcing Ziggy to go on it by talking to Justin and asking him for the time off while not even checking with Ziggy. She's totally right to be annoyed. But it's this kind of like, she doesn't prioritise him. She does not. It's the Ziggy show. And like, I understand her career is taking off. That's totally fine. But the the resolution that came was long overdue, i.e. let's do the surf trip eventually and let's do up this car together. And her apology was good. But you have to make time, just because you're living with him now, you have to make time for him, show him the appreciation that he's showing you. So the toolbox thing was very cute. I did enjoy it. But he, it's this intense love Dean has for Ziggy. I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm also not really saying that it's good. I just think it's very locked in or something. We'll see where that goes. I hope they are lifers. I hope they do stay together for a long time because I do think they're great for each other. But I just want Ziggy to appreciate him just a little bit more. Like he's been a rock for so many people, including her. So come on, girl. Okay, before I get into my favourite topic of the week, Jasmine, um, we must discuss Ryder's and Evans, or should I say Errol, which Alf keeps calling him, uh, their weird encounter at lunch in Salt. So Ryder kind of ambushes them. They have a very awkward lunch. Errol, uh, Evan, whatever his name is, is like, oh, I owe so much thanks. I should have reached out over these years. But I just don't believe him. I really don't. And I must say a big thank you to my colleague, the amazing Serena Bellissimo, who presents Plan B on Spin 103.8. Fabulous entertainment show, should you need to listen, 10 to 12 on Saturday mornings. She explained to me who Cameron Dado was, and I feel a bit ignorant that I didn't know. So the Dado family are a dynasty of actors, TV presenters, famous people in Australia. And to quote Serena not knowing who Cameron Dado is is like not knowing who the Shoga sisters are. So I very much do apologise. Still doesn't make me like him anymore. I do apologise. I had a vibe that he was a big superstar, but pretty sure he's a pretty big deal. Oopsie. Anyway, over lunch, the lying just keeps continuing and Rue brings him outside for a chat and is tells him that he's lying to him. Like, why are you making all these plans? You're going to break his heart. You have to be honest. And they do have like quite an emotional chat and you can understand the dad's point of view, but I just think he's too much of a carer to say it because he's like, I don't want him to know. He'll keep thinking that this is on the last, this is the last time. But you're, you're removing the choice from someone. You're controlling it too much and it's so, so wrong. And like, then he storms off and then Ryder was like, oh, so weird that he left without saying goodbye. Yes, it's so weird. It's great that Ryder has a support of his actual family of Alf, Rue and Martha and then when Rue tells Alf and Martha and then they tell Ryder I think that was really powerful and lovely and once again home and away like either they use mainstream songs like Beyonce or Ed Sheeran or they use actually a lot of Irish music you often hear the Coronas but sometimes they just have these songs and I'm pretty sure people make up for it and make up for the exact scene and it was like now I suddenly know like how did I go this long without knowing you and it's just very funny 
So it's great that Ryder knows and it's great that the dad doesn't know because now the control is it with him and I just feel so much better for Ryder because what Mr. Errol Evan was doing just wasn't right. So, and I'm glad Rue stuck to her word about staying true to Ryder. Now on to Jasmine. So we have another amazing week Oh, just where do I begin? So we start the week off and Tori is kind of still in the middle between Justin and Jasmine. And Justin seems to be really making life harder for Tori. And Tori is very much banging down the door of Jasmine being like, you need to be in her life. And Tori confronts Justin with Jasmine and saying like, do not make me choose. And Justin's like, all right, maybe I should just back off. Then, obviously, hospital calls. Tori gets pulled into hospital. And of course, Jasmine is there to babysit. And of course, Jasmine takes Grace into her room and puts Grace into the cradle that was supposed to be used for the baby that Jasmine thought that she was going to have. Oh, it's so eerie and creepy. So then she's screening Justin's calls. Obviously, he barges through the door and Jasmine is just filled with excuses. And I just love how Justin plays this because he's trying not to like completely scream in front of Irene and keep his stuff together in front of the baby. But her being like, oh, I just wasn't thinking and oh, I need to settle her and I need to give her a bath. It's totally overstepping. It's so well done. And then even her goodbyes are like, oh, I wish you could have more time together. And then Irene, you know, the Irene eyes in the back, she goes extra googly and she confronts Jasmine and just saying that like just not a point and just you need to keep them in the loop. Then the family album gets brought out. And now she's looking at blogs. What's she doing? Oh, it's so bad. Oh, it's I just love it so much. So then off the back of their heated argument in the middle of the surf club, Willow tries to apologize. Can I just point out Willow's cry acting? It's very... I just... its She does better crying in the later episodes of this whole thing, but when Willow wants to cry, she just kind of puts on this like forced speaking voice and pretends to well up rise, but like nothing's happening. I just... She used to cry like that all the time and I'm just glad we haven't seen a few tears from her in a while. It's actually what I imagine now when I imagine crocodile tears. I do understand though for the tears because Willow's like, Jasmine is never going to forgive me. So Colby gets involved but ends up getting Willow in more trouble. But even though he's saying like, don't take my mistakes out on Willow, this obviously goes down so badly with Jasmine because she's like, it's feeding that you guys are all gossiping about me. I'm in a fishbowl. Everyone's talking about me. And then what came next was so Machiavellian. So that she sits down with Willow and Irene and she's like, yeah, Colby was saying these really nice things about you and I'm really sorry. And then he took responsibility for things. And But did you have a pizza and beer? When you were gossiping about me, I don't need mates like you. You're fired. And then Willow had to move out. Like, whoo. And I thought the way it happened because it just looked like a fight. And then when Willow rocks up on Dean's door, it's like, oh, okay, whoa, that got serious. So I absolutely love that. And I do like the way Colby's getting involved because obviously he is very highly responsible for this kind of stuff. So luckily, Colby tries to get Jazz to talk slash really very much forces her by just not leaving. So... I think what he was saying to her about like, look, you're allowed not to be okay, but what are you really scared of? And so then Jazz is like, if I fear, if I let myself go, I won't get to see Grace again. What does that mean? What does that mean? There's a lot in that, okay? So if you let yourself go, i.e. run away with the baby, you won't be allowed to see Grace again. Or like, what is letting yourself go? I just, I feel like there's a lot going on in that sentence. And then when she's like, I don't want anyone to know that I'm not coping. 
and Justin's going to block me out. And then Colby's like, but by pretending to be okay is part of the problem. And I agree. So I don't know if this is a turning point into Jasmine coming out of this. It's not that believable. So I hopefully there's more to come. I really do. But then when the Jasmine shows up to make up with Willow, I do love how Willow says, I'm not forgiving you until you're honest with me. And she's like, well, nothing makes sense anymore. I'm really scared. I need my friends. So is that kind of a turning point? Like, is that honest enough? I don't believe it is. I think, I don't think you really, that's not her cure. I think she needs far more medical help, psychiatric help to sort her head out properly. But it's enough, I think, for the wider Jasmine network to think that she's okay. But I just don't know if it's enough to turn the corner. I think there's way more to this story. And I really hope that there's more to this story than what we just left with. She's definitely turned a corner, but I think that there's like a whole avenue around the bend. Okay, well, that about wraps it up for me. If you'd like to subscribe, rate or review the podcast, if you have a second, that would be great, but zero pressure. And if you want to get in touch, you can email summerbayspodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget about the no spoilers. Honestly, this Jasmine story is even better without them. It's totally worth squint searching through episodes to find the right one. It's just, just try it for a week and see. I know it's tempting, but it's so worth it. G'day, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.